On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about the power of asking better questions and I discuss why I haven't been thinking big enough. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to this episode number 63 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges. Sometimes I'm on my own, sometimes I'm joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And with that said, hello, hope you're well, hope you've had a good couple of weeks since we last spoke like this. I could tell you that it's been a really busy few weeks, but I feel like every time we sit down to have a conversation like this, that's exactly what I tell you these days, so I'm not going to bother. But let's just say this, right? Gone are the days of lockdown one where business was slow and business was uncertain and people didn't want to move forward with plans and didn't want to move forward with investments and didn't want to move forward with uh, marketing their businesses. Business owners seem to be really ready to attack this year and that puts us in a an incredibly strong and incredibly fortunate position uh, and we're ready to capitalize on that. We look to be having a very good year if January and February are anything to go by. Um, And yeah, I'm excited. Staying busy, but all is good. I've got a few things about this year and about the business that I want to talk about today. But before we do that, let's just quickly look back over my conversation last week with Peter Watson. Uh, If you didn't listen last week, I spoke with Peter. He is the co-founder and managing director of Distract, one of the fastest growing and one of the best known marketing agencies in the East Midlands. Uh, He is also the founder and investor and everything else in a bunch of companies. Like if I were to sit here right now and tell you everything that he has either launched uh, or invested in, it'd be a long list, but a group of six businesses, millions in revenue, lots of investments, super interesting guy. Uh, And if you haven't already listened to that conversation, highly recommend you go back and listen to it after this. It was a slightly different dynamic to usual. I think everybody I've had on the podcast so far, though I have known them, I haven't known them as well as I do Peter. And so we had a slightly more casual, slightly less formal chat, uh, but one that's still absolutely packed with value. I'll be honest, and I haven't told Peter this yet, so maybe I should message him after I say this, but I've had really um, polarized feedback on this episode. And I think it's because we go quite deep into the specifics of business and so on, where on the one hand, some people have said, wow, that is the best episode of the podcast that there has been so far. There's been so much value. And then on the flip side, I've had people say, oh, I couldn't really get into that one. Too specific. But there we go. Um, Really, really valuable episode. What did we speak about? We spoke about uh, why Peter thinks that university is the best place to be if you're a young person looking to start a business because... Uh, notwithstanding the educational component of it that he and I don't particularly believe in. University, as a young entrepreneur, is a place where the government will essentially fund your lifestyle for three years and give you the ability to bootstrap a business and give you the runway to really focus on growth until such a time that you need to actually pay yourself to pay your bills. 
Uh, so if you're a young person looking to start a business, maybe you're in university, maybe you're just about to begin university in September, definitely worth a listen, definitely worth hearing Peter's thoughts on that. Uh, we spoke about his stance to hiring and a degree, and that's all really interesting as well. Uh, and then we spoke about some specifics to do with uh, the budget that was announced around this time last week and uh, the the economy and recessions and financial advice. And something really tangible that Peter speaks about is his view on how to become financially stable, because I put the question to him in the podcast that around 10 years ago, in the last recession, he probably would have just been starting his first job right in Halfords, which is where his journey began. And like most people working that job, he would have been fairly susceptible to uh, being very negatively impacted by the 2008 recession if he was of the age where that would have impacted him, right? Fast forward 10 years and at least from the outside looking in between his six businesses and cash position and investments and Bitcoin holdings and all of these different things, Peter seems to be very strong financially. Now, recessions happen on average once every 10 years. And Peter reminds us of that fact in last week's episode. And so I put the question to him, if somebody's listening to this today and maybe they were more impacted than they would have liked to have been by this recession, by this shockwave in the economy that occurred last year due to the pandemic, what can they do in the next 10 years to make sure that they are as protected and as strong and as stable as possible for the next recession? And I think that Peter's advice in that is really practical and it's something that applies to everybody, right? Let's go back to what some people uh, commented about last week's episode that lots of what we spoke about was too specific to business. And of course, not everybody who listens to this podcast runs a business, but everybody, bar none, has a financial position and everybody, bar none, wants to be as financially secure and free as possible, right? And so I think that the advice though he makes clear it's not financial advice, disclaimer, the advice that Peter gives uh, in last week's episode towards the end, if you haven't already listened to it, I highly recommend you go back and give it a listen. Um, It's just really interesting, really good. And it was a great conversation. Uh, And then before we go into this week's episode, let's just look forward to next week. Do I have a guest yet? Do I fuck? Will I? Maybe. I don't know. I still have a bunch of people who are booked in or about to be booked in for in-person recordings, particularly in London and a couple in Birmingham, but I am doing everything I can to hold off recording those until I can actually do it in person, because whilst last week's episode, which was recorded remotely, was great, I just think there's a whole different dynamic and a better dynamic when we're able to sit down in person across a table and have a conversation in the old-fashioned way and so wherever possible that is where and how I'm going to do these guest episodes I will from time to time pull in a guest last minute to do a video call because of course I want to keep the frequency of guests up between now and like May June time will it be every second week that there's a guest maybe I don't know to be honest. But what I do know is that every time I book a guest, every time I have somebody on, every time we have a conversation, they are going to be incredibly interesting. They are going to give you value. And that is the benchmark, right? Making sure that they give value and making sure that it's a good and a natural feeling conversation. And so if that means that from time to time, maybe next week, maybe in three weeks time, maybe in five weeks time, we miss a guest, then so be it. But in the meantime, what I want to talk about today is 
quite a quite a revelation that I found myself thinking a couple of days ago and I noted it down and I also sent an email to my mailing list yesterday about this so you may already have the headlines of what we're about to talk about but it is this idea that I think I haven't been thinking big enough over the past few years and quite a few things rolled into one happened over the past few weeks that led me to have this realization right so let's rewind to the magnate days that was uh, very much what looked like a growth business right we didn't actually grow it in the end it just it didn't grow legs but we were a publishing business printing tens of thousands of copies of a magazine in a capital city we were interviewing some of the biggest names around Richard Branson Boris Johnson and we were also working with sizable and respected brands you know we had pop chips on the back cover of our first issue like we weren't fucking around and we were trying to go at growing quickly and growing something big and that was great and unfortunately in the situation of Magnate it didn't work out we didn't really get anywhere with it however we had a good go right and then if we fast forward to Dream which if you listen to episode one of this podcast, you know, kind of came about slightly informally to begin with. It began as three of us working as freelancers before we eventually formalized it as an agency. And then since then, we've kind of grown slowly and we've grown slowly in a very intentional way and with good reason, because we are now an incredibly well processed business. Almost everything within the business has a process and that makes things predictable and predictability on behalf of our clients is good because that generates predictable results wherever possible right marketing's not always going to be predictable marketing's not always going to work as planned but wherever possible what we do has a process that's backed up by best practice and our insight and that generates predictable results and that's all good but that means that we spent years growing slowly and so a few things happened recently that made me and i think made us collectively think actually why don't we go at this slightly differently why don't we go at this slightly more aggressively the first thing is just that recently with this podcast without the podcast just in person with people i've been having conversations with people who are at the top of their game and something that is a recurring theme with people who are at the top of their game no matter what they do is that they are very growth minded and that extends into every area of their life and so To speak about a point I spoke about on my email a few days ago when I spoke about surrounding yourself with the right people and this whole cliche of how you are the the average of the five people you spend the most time with, I think through changing the group of people I've been having conversations with recently, not intentionally, just because, you know, none of us are meeting in person, so you find yourself speaking to different people online and whatever, I've become more aligned with the idea of trying to build a big thing, right? Because... If you're going to have a go at it, you may as well have a big go at it. So that's the first thing. And then secondly, um, I mentioned this in an email the other day, so you may have heard me mention this briefly. We had a call with an advertising industry veteran at at the beginning of this week. And this guy was an absolute fucking beast. I mean, you know somebody in the advertising industry has had an incredible career when he can sit on a video call and play with a Cannes Lion Award if you know what one of those is, in his hands, just casually whilst talking. Like, this guy is the real fucking deal. He launched and grew a marketing agency, which then turned into a group of agencies for acquisitions, which I believe employed around 400 people. He then sold that group of agencies for what I understand to be tens 
of millions of pounds. And in the process, he worked with the biggest brands in the world, people like Apple, people like John Lewis, like enormous, enormous brands on massive campaigns, on massive projects with a big team, with a big agency. And he really fucking did it. And so the first two and a half hours of that call was him essentially downloading all of the knowledge, all of the lessons that he's learned over the past 20, 25 years of a career and essentially handing those to us. All of the really key lessons that it took him decades to learn, he unpacked very nicely and he gave to us. And he said, look, do this, don't do this, consider this, and you will reach a a relative level of higher success far quicker than he was able to, right? So that was incredible. And then at the end of the call, because we kind of followed a structure for the first two and a half hours, I said, look, I don't I don't want you to answer this in too much detail because I appreciate that we've already taken up the time that we agreed to take up from you. However, if there was one thing that you hadn't yet told us about the world of marketing, about the world of advertising agencies that you could impart on us just before we end this call, what would that one piece of advice be? He gave us 28 because I know it's 28 because earlier today I pulled up the call recording and I made some notes on it as well as decades were for very tangible advice based on performing at the highest possible level he then also gave us 28 absolute nuggets of wisdom that can only be learned firsthand through experience right and so just the the feeling of momentum that we had coming off of that call because It was just a remarkable, remarkable conversation. Plus, spending time speaking to people who are doing it big was already enough momentum. But then a third thing happened. And this third thing is really crucial, which is that this time last week, last weekend, we as Pata, we had our annual planning meeting. Could call it a board meeting, call it what you want. But essentially, once a year, generally in February, we get together and we review the previous 12 months and we plan ahead for the next year now we did it in march this year because of lockdown and whatever Um, but as well as looking at the next 12 months we kind of pushed it out a bit saw where we saw ourselves evolving on this mission to build the most effective business growth agency in the planet over five years over 10 years over 15 years and so on and of course that the further down that timeline you get the more vague it gets because who knows where we'll be and what we'll be doing in that time like 20 years time i'm going to be in my mid 40s fuck knows what I'll be doing. Maybe this, maybe not, don't know. But anyway, the point is, we set out some really interesting directions and targets of where we are going to head as a business in the next five years. And these directions, they're not kind of, they're not vague, they're not abstract. They're like real, tangible, related areas of the business that we can build that will complement what we already do that there is a demand for from our clients currently and that will create a really, really compelling business to a entirely underserved market. Like what we're sitting on and what we're aiming to build in the next few years excites the shit out of me. And it is way more and it is way bigger than just a marketing agency, which is how this thing started out, right? We started out building websites and then we did a bit of paid ads and then we did this and then we did that. Like what we're building right now, yes, it's based around advertising. Yes, it's based around marketing. But the five-year vision that we've set, put alongside the momentum that we had from all of that advice from that veteran 
put alongside just the general feeling I have from speaking to people, from the content I've been consuming. Like, all of those things aligned this week for me to think, fuck, like, I haven't been thinking big enough. Because, you know, like I spoke about, those you surround yourself with, they set your level of ambition, be that your friends or those you work with or those you work for or the content you consume or those you follow or those you read. Like, all of your outputs, everything you achieve is a direct result of your inputs. Our actions are influenced both consciously and subconsciously by those around us. And look, unless you subscribe to some left-field spiritual ideology, like, you're not being fucking influenced by a tree. Which means the only thing that's influencing us is people. The people we surround ourselves with, the conversations we have, the people we follow, the content we consume, the things we read, they're all whispering something to us. They're all telling us what we could be, what we should be, who we might be, how we can do the things we want to do whether it's possible or not, because everybody has a subjective idea of what's possible, right? All of those things coming together just made me think shit. Like, we've had a fairly good run at this so far. It's been good. We've built a nice, sizable business. We've got some great clients that we will continue to work with. But now I'm really excited for the next few years because, I don't know, there was, there was a step change in my mind this week and it isn't like a woolly pretend step change just because I felt a bit of momentum from watching a fucking YouTube video. Like it is a change that has been built through the actions we've already taken, the foundation we've already built, the vision we have now laid out and the support circle, the network of people we have around us to help us get there. Because anybody in business and anybody in life, frankly, who says that they get somewhere alone is either deluded or they're lying. We're all influenced by the people around us. We're all influenced by the content we choose to consume. We're all influenced, even subliminally, by the people we follow and the tiny messages that they put out and whether they're positive or negative and whether they play the the kind of hero or the victim in their own lives and all of these different things. And just, I just, I don't know. This week, it has struck me how important it is not only to surround yourself with good people, yes, sure, but also to seek out advice. Like, the two and a half hours we spent on that call were some of the most valuable hours I've ever had in life. And I was having this conversation with Richard in the office today. Like, there must be other people out there who have decades in this industry or in a similar industry or just in life who can jump on a video call and give us everything they've learned. And do they do it at a cost? Yes, of course they do. Like, these people aren't doing it for the banter. But to be able to learn decades worth of lessons for a few hundred pounds is something that maybe a few years ago I would have thought, what a load of nonsense. But now I'm like, shit, actually, you know, these people don't need that money. They're just doing it as like a token amount to charge. But what they give you in return, what we got in return from that one call, and when we find other individuals, what we will get from these other individuals. I'm just, I'm excited because it's unlocked a whole new layer of insight and of information that I didn't really know was available. And so there we go. The The summary of all of that, that was entirely unplanned, entirely unscripted, is just to say that I don't think that I have been thinking big enough in recent years. And if this mindset that I have right now continues, 
I think that I and I think that we will be striving for much bigger things in the years to come. And then there's a second thing that I've noted down, and I literally tweeted about this about two minutes before hitting record. So forgive the fact that this is an entirely undeveloped thought, but asking better questions is a skill that is underutilized, that is undervalued, but one that will take you so far in life and help you find much more meaning from conversations and help you unlock more opportunities and help you learn faster. And this is something that I think I first heard this concept spoken about by Paul Mort, who, by the way, is somebody I'm hoping to get on the podcast, conversations ongoing. But he always talks about asking world-leading questions, I think is the way he puts it. Um, But let's just call it something more straightforward, like good questions. Asking good questions will literally unlock a whole new layer to life, right? And I was exploring this thought just before I tweeted it. So let's look at this in a few examples, right? Let's say you're going to a job interview because let's be honest, lots of people are going to be doing that in the next year. And the other nine people before you have sat there, they've answered the questions, they've worn their best suit, they've really tried to do their best and they've given the best answers. But if the questions being asked to the previous nine people are all the same questions, then let's be real, especially because we all kind of know what job interviewers are looking for. The answers are going to be fairly samey. The answers are going to be fairly standard. The way in that position you flip the script, the way you make yourself stand out, is you ask a really fucking good question at the end of it, right? You ask something about the direction of the business to show that you really care and that you want to buy in and be invested. You ask something about how the founders of the business got started because you really care about how they got to this point so that you can attach yourself and move forward, right? Whatever the question might be, asking a very good question in that situation not only will help you understand the business better and maybe give you more ammunition to finish that interview on a high, but if those who have come before you have simply answered questions rather than asked them, it will make you remembered too. In the situation of running a business, let's say a service-based business, right? Let's say our business. When we sit down and we pitch to prospective clients, they've probably already or will speak to another two to three agencies on average, right? It's very rare that you sit down with a prospect and you're the only agency they're speaking to. And so whilst it's great and it's all well and good to pitch ideas and to run through strategy and to talk about your framework and to do all of these things that most good agencies do in a pitching process something that's incredibly important and incredibly valuable is asking the right questions asking questions about where the business wants to go asking questions about why customers currently buy asking very specific questions about challenges that the business is currently facing and in the situation of business this does two things right they're both fairly obvious but number one it shows that you care It sets you aside from those who are just making this situation and this pitch very transactional. It shows that you have an active and a moving interest in the business. But number two, it helps you unlock a whole new level of understanding on the business, right? It helps you take that very static and that very linear pitch into something altogether more dynamic. Because if you're asking incredible questions as you go, that conversation is going to unlock areas that a slideshow never would. And then just in life, right? I think that 
So many of the conversations that all of us have, myself included, are just kind of fucking meaningless, aren't they? They're just small talk. They're just like, oh, what did you do? Oh, look at the weather. Oh, do you see this on TV? Like, we all do them. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with them. But every now and then, we all like to have a conversation with slightly more substance, right? Or maybe we're on, I don't know, a first date or meeting someone for the first time and you really want to get to know them. There's only so much that small talk can help you understand about somebody. There's only so much that spending time with somebody in close proximity can help you understand about them. To really unpick who they are, to understand their character, to see their worldview and to see how that might align to yours, it's really important to ask the right questions. And the reason I tweeted what I tweeted is because, on reflection, this is something that just isn't spoken about. People will tell you how to talk, how to present yourself, they'll talk about body language, they'll talk about first impressions, they'll talk about all of these things that are projecting, right? But we're never taught, particularly not in school, but even after school, we're never taught how to request and unpick information from somebody else. And I think that doing that effectively is just such an undervalued skill. And so if you can get good at it, like I'm trying to get good at it, you'll just you'll find conversations going in the craziest of places, places that you never thought they could go. And you'll be thankful for it. And then I think the only other thing to tell you about is that episode number two of my other podcast with Peter Watson and Adam Horton, Undeveloped Thoughts, is probably coming out this Sunday, maybe. Give or take. It depends when I get around to editing it. We don't have a release schedule with that one. We just kind of record and release it whenever. Um, we sat down earlier this week to have a conversation. Uh, it was an early morning talk. It was like 10 a.m. I never normally record podcasts at 10 a.m. So at that point, I was fresh and I was awake and I wasn't fueled by caffeine like I am right now. And we spoke about all sorts. We spoke about multi-level marketing and why they are so dangerous to the wrong people, why they are so manipulative, why they are so um, insidious, is the word maybe, because they will drag people in who are unaware of what's going on and then cause those people to have no option but to drag people in below them. We speak about all sorts of MLMs. You already know my views on multi-level marketing or network marketing or whatever you want to call it, but we talk about that. Really good to hear Peter and Adam's views on that. Peter, who owns... Sorry, Adam, who owns Hortons. Um, so big into the property space, talks about quote-unquote property entrepreneurs, and it's really interesting to hear that. And then Peter has a piece where he talks about the problem with business people lying online the problem with people pretending that they're successful when they're not or the problem with people faking numbers in this specific example and this is something that um we kind of touched upon last week in the uh, the episode with peter but peter goes into more detail as to why he suddenly feels very strongly about the fact that it is the duty of honest business owners and of honest people to just call out bullshit when we see it. And this is something that I'll be honest and listen to the episode when it comes out. But when we first started talking about it, I was kind of like, eh, like whatever, I don't need the drama. But actually, when you listen to episode number two of Undeveloped Thoughts in a few days time, you will see that Peter's argument on this is really compelling. And actually, it's one that I agree with. So that'll be out soon. I don't know who we got next week for the guest. Maybe me, maybe somebody else. I don't know. But either way, look, thank you for listening. Hope you have a good week. Uh, And that's everything. I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 64 of Life and Lessons. See you then.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.